Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. This is the smell of a warm three-day-old egg salad sandwich in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag with new Fabuloso lemon scent. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, <sighs> smell the difference? When life gives you stinky, get hefty, ultra-strong with new Fabuloso lemon scent. It smells like clean, freshly picked lemons. So no matter what's inside your trash, you can stop the stink and smell the lemon. The Armchair Cricket Podcast. You saw Hello all. Welcome to another episode of Armchair Cricket Podcast. A podcast focusing on test cricket by Armchair Critics of the Game. I'm your host Ajit and this is a digest episode where we will take a look at some of the exciting news from the IPL 2020 tournament which has just about reached its halfway stage today and uh, some COVID-related news as well as some off-field cricketing news. I'm just recording this episode after the match uh, between RCB and KKR, which uh, RCB won comfortably. So if you were to take a look uh, at some of the interesting matches that happened during the week. So we know that you know with this win, RCB have taken the third place. So before we take a look at the table as well, there have been some very, very interesting games throughout this uh, week, as well as some very, you know, predictable ones. So, for example, the week started when Mumbai, you know, led by Bolt, comfortably beat uh, SRH. This was a one-sided game. And uh, surprisingly, you know, Chennai Super Kings, who've been sort of subdued this season, uh, started to mount a comeback. They won their second game by beating uh, Kings Eleven Punjab. It was a big chase, but, you know, they won it by 10 wickets comfortably, sort of giving us all fans a hope that CSK started its, uh, you know, comeback. But that was not to be, as some of the other games uh, later in the week proved. But in the meantime, when we talk of more, you know, predictable or one-sided games, Delhi Capitals, who, you know, sort of look like the form team so far, beat RCB comfortably by 59 runs. And then Mumbai Indians again beat Rajasthan Royals comfortably. Uh, then came the series of, you know, unexpected results. So it all started with Chennai Super Kings. They were uh, doing really well on from middling sort of a total from KKR. But then... You know, Dinesh Karthik must be given a bit of credit here because of the way he bowled the spinners. And once Sambati Raidu got out, I think, uh, yeah, it must be said, Chennai choked and they lost by 10 runs. Um, similarly, you know, Kings 11 uh, Punjab again uh, in a game against KKR. They had clearly won the game. They needed 21 runs of just 19 balls, but they had two set batsmen and nine wickets in hand. But somehow they managed to mess that up and uh, they lost to KKR here again. 
especially you know the performance of narayan in that game was very very crucial as well then began these uh, last let's say the four uh, very crucial matches the double headers over the weekend on monday so in the first of those royal challengers bangalore beat csk sort of you know csk rcb in, a, in another cricketing podcast uh, it's called the cricket kannadiga podcast the hosts called it the kaveri derby so in the kaveri derby rcb beat csk and sort of csk's run was halted again and it was not a very tight contest it must be said and uh, sort of rcb came out on top very comfortably even though they had a very middling sort of a total they were guided there by their captain virat kohli who made a 90 of just 52 balls he was sort of run a ball up to his 30 30th 32nd ball but then on he accelerated very smoothly in the last four overs and then he had some help uh, also from shivam dubey at the end and the bowlers proved uh, too tough for csk because again raidu made a telling contribution but he could not lift his run rate when it uh, came to you know picking up the pace as kohli was able to and then dhoni made 10 and jagdishan who was playing his first game for uh, csk this season made 33 but again he could he couldn't pick up the pace and he was out so following this game again uh, tevatia who seems to have developed a knack for you know uh, pulling uh, the coals out of fire as far as uh, Rajasthan Royals are concerned. Again, him along with Riyan Parag, one of the stars of tomorrow, as far as Indian cricket is concerned, pulled the coal out of the fire for Rajasthan Royals as uh, you know they beat Sunrisers Hyderabad on a very very sluggish pitch. At least Sunrisers Hyderabad looked like they were going to win the game very very comfortably. Only in the last three to four overs, they not only picked up scoring Parag and Tevatia, but also you know looked very comfortable doing it. This too against some very very Uh, good bowlers it must be said so for example khalil ahmed who had a very good day until that point became very costly same for natrajan and so on this was sort of unexpected because what these two did well was they played out rashid khan who was really really bowling well he finished 4 overs 25 for 2 in such a high scoring contest but they played him out as a result you know they knew which bowlers they wanted to target and they did that very comfortably to win the game and then the last two games so mumbai indians again um, won a very very close game against um, delhi capitals so these two are indeed the top two place teams currently but of these two delhi capitals you know they're running on the youthful energy that their team is full of and i think many players like hetmeyer who's being coached by ponting very closely he says are benefiting from the team environment and you can see them gel very nicely together and well they were only able to put up um, a middling sort of a score 162 but given that they have some very incisive fast bowling it could probably not have been very easy to chase and so it proved because how far ahead of the game mumbai had gotten two of the last three overs were bowled by rabada and norkia and they pulled the match back giving seven runs in the last over to stoinis who's become the sort of the magic card or the ace as far as uh, delhi capitals goes with the ball at the end but you know uh, pollard stayed at the end and his experience and then krunal pandya hit a couple of you know cru- crucial shots and that took Mumbai home in the last over so it was a very thrilling sort of a match but Mumbai proved too strong because i think at the end delhi capitals could have done with 10 or 15 more runs but yeah they already had a reasonable total but they couldn't let's say win the game from that then we come to the last match of the first half of ipl so at the end of this game the game between rcb and kkr uh, all teams have played seven games so in this game again rcb were sort of looking at a middling sort of a score you know after 12 overs i remember tweeting they were um, looking to be predicted at least to have scored somewhere between 148 to 155 and you know with them big shots towards the end 160 165 was what it could have been but then there was this guy called 
A.B. de Villiers, right? So, out of nowhere, he burst with his, you know, powerful hitting at the end like a cracker. And then uh, he scored 73 of 33, unbeaten. And, you know, it's rare to say that somebody uh, outshined Kohli, but that's exactly what happened because Kohli himself took the, you know, the supporting role. He made 33 of 28 and remained unbeaten. But the 194 runs that they scored uh, was going to be too, too costly or too heavy because KKR had a new bat batting pair to start off. Tom Banton had been included in the 11 and uh, Rahul Tripathi dropped down the order. But they were not able to really get them off to a very great start. Even though Shubman Gill looked in very good form, uh, he got out for a needless run out, it must be said. He made 34 of 25, but then that was the highest score in the innings. Nobody really kicked on. The middle order failed with Nitish Rana and Morgan, Dinesh Karthik all making single figures. Andrew Russell and Rahul Tripathi sort of tried to revive the innings a bit, but once Russell departed for 16, it was more or less obvious that RCB would win the game. But then the, let's say the suspense remained with how many runs would they be able to clinch this game? Because if you remember, they had a very, very bad net run right after losing uh, to King Silvan Punjab very early on through a huge margin. You know, So in this case, they got a chance to redeem themselves a little bit. So having restricted KKR to 112 for 9, at the end of 20 overs. That means they achieved a big victory, 82 runs, and they have more or less brought their net run rate very close to zero, even though it still remains on the negative side. We now were to take a quick look at the points table. We can see that um, Mumbai Indians and Delhi Capitals, these both are at the top, 10 points each, and they have a positive net run rate of plus one and more. Royal Challenge Bangalore are third. They have a 10-point you know, total as well, but their uh, net run rate is just close to zero, but it's on the negative side, minus 0.116. And then you have Knight Riders who lost uh, today, and then Sunrisers Hyderabad. The Knight Riders do have eight points, they're fourth. These four teams are now comfortably placed, it must be said. Uh, the first three, a lot more than KKR, but they say the cutoff is about eight wins in a 14-game league. The cutoff is eight wins, and uh, the first three teams, which are the Mumbai Indians, Delhi Capitals, and Royal Challengers, Bangalore, they are very close to achieving these eight wins. They have five already. But then Sunrisers, Hyderabad, Rajasthan Royals are not completely out of it. They have three, three wins each. KKR will have to do a little bit of, they'll have to do a bit of a hard running very early on in the second half. That means they will give themselves a chance. If they can win the, let's say the three out of three in the next three games, it's a lot to ask. But if they can do that, they would, I'm sure, be back in the reckoning. But then somebody like Sunrisers, Hyderabad have to do a lot more. We'll have, they'll have to win probably out of the remaining seven games, they'll have to win five, which is asking a lot. Considering that, you know, Rajasthan Royals are also in a similar place. But Sunrisers Hyderabad look like they're building up the momentum. It looks like early on in the piece they had it, but suddenly they lost it and they have lost a couple of matches back to back. But considering the way they played over the double headers of the weekend, they are sort of picking up the pace again. So now if we come to the, you know, uh, surprisingly Chennai Super Kings is at the seventh position. They have lost five games and won only two. And um, yeah, as Dhoni put it after the Saturday's loss, they need to each look at how they've been playing and they need to pick up their performances. So I think he obliquely indicated somebody like Raidu could have done a better job, but it was not going to be easy scoring a lot of runs very quickly in that game. And it, so it turned out because somebody like Kohli as well had struggled and so did Raidu. Maybe there is, there is a bit of blame to go around, but it still remains to be seen if the squad choices that Chennai have made are the ones that are troubling them. But, you know, the champion team, the Chennai's, we all expect they will do a lot of hard work from this point on and maybe you may see a new Chennai team. They'll definitely need to win five of the remaining seven games to even give themselves a chance, if not six. So that's going to be a very tough challenge. 
the last place team is Kings XI Punjab who have just won one game and have lost six and that basically means they have to win all seven games to even stand a chance of qualifying for the, the qualifiers or even knockouts. So in this case, it looks really impossible for them but you know, stranger things have happened in cricket. There have been teams like Pakistan who have come back from the dead to win World Cups or Champions Trophies and therefore you never write a team off in such a long tournament. So maybe they pick up a bit of momentum, a couple of easy wins and then they get all the wins they need. So all of this remains to be seen. So a lot of exciting cricket coming up as well as IPL is concerned. But if you were to take a look at some of the off-field IPL news, in a bit of very serious news, it looks like one IPL player has reported an alleged corruption approach. So uh, the suspicion is that this may have come through an online source because currently the tournament is being held in the United Arab Emirates and because of the corona conditions, we know that the players are in a bio-bubble. And it's very difficult to approach a player for some third party who's not actually approved to be in the place. So it looks like it might be an online approach. So the BCCI anti-corruption unit, ACU, has been alerted about it and they're working on it. It looks like they have also been aware of such, let's say, they had been expecting such approaches. So they're monitoring the situation. It looks like we'll get to know a bit more in the upcoming weeks. So clearly the name of the player or the team has not been revealed and may not be revealed. But let's see how the new story unfolds. In, in a bit of injury-related news from IPL. So, Amit Mishra, who uh, you know injured his finger trying to take a catch earlier this week, has been ruled out of IPL 2020 due to the finger injury. Unfortunately, again for um, you know Delhi Capitals, Ishan Sharma has been ruled out uh, due to a muscle tear in his ribcage during practice. He did not get a game this season, but both these players will be very crucial in at least maintaining the balance as far as Delhi Capitals are concerned. Because, you know, Enric Norkia and uh, Kagi Sorabada overall Pace bowling attack is very, very effective there. But at some point in time, they'll need to start rotating their faster bowlers because otherwise they might get a bit, you know, weary or they may get a bit jaded. So they'll need to get a bit of break. So this is going to be a bit tough if considering they've lost these two important players. And um, Bhuneshwar Kumar, who sort of limped out in the 19th over in that game against CSK, it looked like he's injured his thigh and has been ruled out of 2020's IPL edition. So again, another uh, blow as far as uh, SRH are concerned. But they seem to have a bit of depth with Sandeep Sharma and others there. So I think they're going to manage now. But given how they have performed in the first half of the tournament, they would definitely have used somebody like Bhuneshwar Kumar with his experience. And as also, you know, he can bat a bit. So that could be a bit of a problem. Uh, when it comes to DC and Delhi Capitals, it looks like their troubles are not over because Panth has suffered a minor hamstring niggle. This happened in the weekend doubleheaders and has been ruled out for a week. So... You know, he's a very crucial, crucial part because he's a left-hander. He is able to hit out and he plays in the middle order and of course he's also the keeper. So again, the balance of the upcoming few games for DC will be a challenge. I think they're going to manage and because they are on the top of the table, even a couple of reverses in between, they'll be able to pick up once their entire squad is again available to choose from. In the meantime, Gail, who actually has not got a game for King Silva and Punjab, but he was actually... Uh, suffering from food poisoning. Therefore, he couldn't play their last game. So, the coach of Kings Eleven Punjab, Kumble, revealed this in an interview post-match. But looks like now, Gale has recovered and will be available for the remaining games. So, it looks to be seen whether Kings Eleven Punjab, who have the highest scorer in the league so far, Kale Rahul, also a very successful opener along with him, Mayank, whether, you know, they'll want to separate these two or maybe Gale can play at one drop. It remains to be seen how it goes. But somebody with his experience and his firepower being available is always good news. Not to forget that this guy can also bowl a few overs. So it's, it's going to be very interesting. If you were to look at some of the other news, also IPL related. So we have 
um you know the women's t20 championship or the women's t20 uh, league that's going to start off towards the end of the ipl season so the three teams are confirmed that they'll be playing and as much as 12 uh, foreign players foreign women players will also be participating so the three teams uh, will be led by smriti mandana harmanpreet kaur and vitali raj just like the last year so these three teams will be called supernovas will be led by harmanpreet kaur a trail blazers will be led by smriti mandana and velocity which will be led by mithali raj so there will be three league games followed by a final so the dates will be november 4th to november 9th and it's going to be very interesting to see you know thailand who also has one of uh, representatives been selected so it's going to be very nice to see you know a lot of women international stars also taking part uh, on this side by side tournament with ipl so let's see how this unfolds so i think the plan is already set in place where they'll be arriving in mumbai they'll be undergoing some quarantine then they'll be flying to uae the plan has been set about in such a way that the final will be played in the morning before the men's final so this is always a good move and in spite of some corona related problems it looks like at least this initiative has not been shelved and this initiative continues so this is a very important step every year as far as women's cricket is concerned this and wbbl so these two tournaments have to go on and we one day hope there'll be an equally engaging in an equally large women's ipl tournament or women's t20 challenge that will go on so let's see how it unfolds in the coming years in a little bit of disappointing news once more it looks like uh, four people have been arrested uh, by bangalore police in relation to betting that's uh, related to ongoing ipl tournament uh, we know that this exists uh, sort of under the surface as far as uh, you know indian society is concerned but this betting has to be rooted out or at least if that can't be done you know they say Uh, if you cannot uh, beat them maybe join them that's a that's a weird thing to say as far as betting is concerned but maybe it's time the indian government considers um, legalizing it and takes control of how it's done like how it's done in many countries in europe and america so i know that there is always a taboo and a stigma associated with uh, betting or gambling but everybody knows you'll have a bit more interest in the game once you have a bit of skin in the game as they once you have invested a little bit so this goes on illegally whether people like it or not but from time to time people get arrested you know in relation to this and four people have been arrested in bangalore they have been arrested with you know a significant amount of cash 91 lakh rupees that's you know 9.1 million rupees indian rupees that's a lot of money as well these things keep going on but let's hope you know this issue gets resolved one way or the other shortly uh, going on if you were to take a look at some of the non ipl news so if you were to look at the covid uh, situation so we know that uh, as far as netherlands is concerned we are now at the peak of the second wave we really hope it doesn't climb any higher because it's currently more than 6500 infections each day new infections each day so we are really cresting the second wave here and we really hope the wave dampens in the upcoming days and weeks but when we look at the cricketing world we see for example one pakistan women's player has tested positive for uh, corona in an ongoing high performance camp in karachi so the player and couple of other players and support staff who have been interacting with her have been uh, isolated and uh, no they are being monitored currently similarly the bangladesh cricket board's chairman has confirmed that there will be no bangladesh premier league this year unfortunately due to the ongoing corona related issues and you know how much the disease can spread if such a tournament were to be held it's obvious that such a tournament would have to be cancelled so has been let go it's again not a nice thing because it's always very good these sort of tournaments for regional cricket development so it remains to be seen maybe if 
they are always uh, you know still with hopes that they would like to let's say they planned some t20 matches between asia 11 and world 11 so they are still planning to hold that maybe at least that can be done in place of a full fledged bpl uh, that's always a good thing for bangladesh cricket and uh, when we were to take a look at a bit of positive news so uh, we had discussed in one of our earlier episodes that zimbabwe planned a trip of pakistan so this is going to go ahead so zimbabwe will send a you know a monitoring team to take a look at the conditions before the team arrives we have now gotten a clear idea that the government had gotten okay and they have selected a squad uh, the zimbabwe cricket board has gotten okay from the government and they have selected a squad and also you know the itinerary is coming out so you know we'll be probably getting to see some cricket in pakistan from 30th october and uh, with three odis which will happen um in rawalpindi instead of multan as it was earlier planned but the t20s will be hosted in lahore so shortly after these three t20s it's expected that the four remaining games of the pakistan super league 2020 edition will also be completed again in lahore so a lot of um, you know good news as far as cricket fans in pakistan are concerned it has come to our notice that afghanistan opener najib tarkai najibullah tarkai has passed away due to a road accident so he had gone shopping and while crossing the road he was hit by a car and even though he was taken to the hospital and underwent emergency surgery he did not survive the accident our uh, condolences to his family and friends it's been a few days we understand but somebody who was already represented afghanistan in nearly 20 games and uh, you know in a very bloom of his life to have lost his life to a road accident is very very unfortunate so uh, we wish his family and friends can recover from the shock and loss and our condolences to them in similar you know sort of uh, rounding up of such a news dean jones who had passed away we had discussed this in our previous episode so he was given a farewell by his family only there were 10 members allowed but he was given with a farewell lap of mcg his favorite mcg melbourne cricket ground so wherever he is looking down from i'm sure he'll be very happy moving on if you were to take a look at some of the other news we know that uh, you know there have been other tournaments that are wrapping up so for example the t20 blast in uk the finals was due so in the finals surrey were beaten by nottinghamshire in a low scoring affair in the finals that was also rain affected it was reduced to just 16 overs aside so surrey who were very you know very powerful batting lineup they could not replicate the form from earlier in the tournament they were only able to make 127 for 7 with the skipper of nottinghamshire dan christian taking 4 for 23 also a couple of catches he took so when it came their turn to bat nottinghamshire were in a bit of trouble they were 3 for 19 but from there they recovered thanks to ben dakich and then towards the end uh, dan christian came in and hit a few quick runs and they won the finals comfortably so congratulations to nottinghamshire for winning the t20 blast in the last international games that happened uh, australia women versus new zealand women there was a odi series going on but the australia women won the odi series 3 nil comfortably but at the same time they have they have made a very special achievement as far as cricket itself is concerned and definitely something really special for women's cricket that is that they have uh, equaled the 21 match winning streak that ricky ponting's 11 in the early 2000s had set up in odis so now they have equaled that so they have 121 odis in the row and the next time they take field they'll probably be looking to beat this record so they did this as they beat new zealand team 3-0 we know that there's been a lot of trouble going on in uh, the Uh, south african uh, cricket circles with uh, a forensic uh, report of their finances being compiled a uh, few things from this report has come out and we can understand now why you know csa was always very very uncomfortable it looks like tabang moro the recently fired uh, chief executive is very heavily implicated but he's not the only one near the top of the chain that was very heavily implicated unfortunately so 
you know when you look at it it's very tough to say if this one person is given all the blame but when you look at it it's also very clear many others may have been involved and as a result there may be many big names in south africa's cricket uh, ruling fraternity who may be have to held responsible so also at least as far as csa is concerned they are pledging that they will be making this report available to the authorities at least to, through the courts of south africa so that if any actions need to be taken they can be taken but they are asking for a bit of time to set their house in order before this happens because whenever such clean up happens there will be a lot of lot of uh, disturbances and maybe uh, if this house is not sound it's like a big hurricane coming and if the house is not sound it may be blown away so as a result they may want to be a bit careful here so that's why they are probably looking to stabilize themselves before the full full uh, blast from these reports hit them so in another slightly let's say disappointing news it looks like fica the federation of international cricketers the body that represents international cricketers is ready to go to battle uh, with icc because the players have requested fica to take this up with icc because some of the revenues that icc actually makes through its deals with third party partners and other commercial partners while using the names and also images of the players this revenue is not distributed to the players so that means icc is earning it but even uh, some part of it is not distributed to the players themselves especially when it comes to women's cricket it's very obvious how marketable women's cricket has become recently and if this is not allowed to be distributed to the players it doesn't seem right so it looks like there has been no let's say agreement between uh, fica and uh, icc and therefore it we might see them at loggerheads shortly in court rooms so we really hope it doesn't come to that and they reach a settlement outside of courts and some sort of sanity prevails because icc cannot really cannot take any more distractions currently because they are already in a bit of a trouble because they have not yet elected a new president nobody knows why they are delaying no nobody knows the real details behind it nobody knows how the planning is happening for the international tours beyond 2023 they have a lot of good things on the table they have the world test championship they have the odi championship that leads up to the world cup in 2022 uh, all of these are nice things but nonetheless they need to clean up their house and they cannot really afford to have a legal battle with uh, let's say it's a fairly powerful body if i see so let's see how this news also pans out in the coming weeks i would like to thank you once again for staying tuned i know the last couple of weeks have been a bit uh, meager when it comes to the amount of news that uh, you know we are covering outside of ipl there's not a lot but uh, we would still like to keep you engaged and we would like to hear any feedback you may have regarding how our show is going so if you have anything to share with us please do write into us you can write into us on twitter at @amchatcricketpod or via mail amchat.cricket@gmail.com and during most ipl games one of us will be online me or the other co-host so you can always have a banter with us we hope to have your company for the upcoming episodes as well having said all this it's a goodbye from me and we wish you a very good day ahead thank you bye bye the armchair cricket podcast you stop